Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Okay, so today we are going to be talking to Dr. Stacy Toll, who is a dermatologist with St. Charles County Dermatologic Surgery. And we're going to be talking to Erin Dunn, who is a, you were a nurse, correct? Yeah. So we're going to talk to Dr. Toll about her journey to becoming a dermatologist. She's going to share about what her own experience was like with breast cancer and going through a diagnosis. And then we're going to kind of land on how she and Erin help other survivors with their products and services, including one service that I tried to lessen the negative sexual side effects of hormone drug therapy. But before we do that and dive into this conversation, let's go to our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, Ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. And we're back. So here's an icebreaker that we like to do with people just to kind of get to know them. And one of the things that I notice is that it almost feels like a prerequisite, but you guys both have beautiful skin. State, <laughs> Dr. Toll, when I met you, I, I I hope I'm not outing you, but I seriously thought you were in your like 20s. <laughs> Oh, that's so nice. And you yeah, are, that's... and you are not. Um, and <laughs> no, I, was... I'm... <laughs> you're no. what? I'm almost fifty-one. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Would you yeah. ever? Would oh, you... I would not have would guessed you that ever at said... all. Yeah. So that's my first icebreaker. <laughs> you have gorgeous skin. Has it always been that way? Like, what? What drew? No. Okay. Okay. No. So it was this I career born out of? Ab- I was just gonna say, is yeah. this career born out of trauma? No, not actually not. But, you know, I had horrible acne as a teenager, had to go on Accutane. I actually started off as an art major, believe it or not. I didn't even want to go to medical school. And then I couldn't find a job doing anything in art. So I actually got, I was also good in math and science. So I got a summertime internship working at the medical school where my my parents both worked. They weren't doctors, but they worked at the medical school down in Texas. And I ended up getting a summer research position and loved like medical research just because it was kind of a cool, creative application of science. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like I could at least try to get some gainful employment there. And then when I was going through the training and thinking about what the next step was, all of my mentors were like, well, if you were, and this was of course, in like the late like late eighties, early nineties, they said, if, it, if we were going through it again, we would get an MD PhD because you'll be much, a much stronger candidate getting grants. So I was like, okay, cool. That sounds good. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll apply and go for an MD PhD program. 
And once I started getting in it, I actually realized that I like taking care of patients more than I like being in the lab. So uh, I kind of, yeah. uh, you know, ended up doing that. And then when it came time to pick a specialty, I actually matched in plastic surgery because everybody mm. was like, well, your background's in art, so you should go into plastic surgery. And I loved it. Oh. Um, and I love lasers. And where I went to medical school was Duke University. And actually one of my classmates and my husband and I are medical school classmates are one of our best friends is Aaron's husband, which is actually how I know Aaron. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. What a we, fun little web you weave. I was just going to say, yeah. you guys have a relationship like Sarah and I. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> so when I, you know, decided I wanted to open my own practice, which was really after, you know, going through breast cancer, you know, treatment and everything and decided when I was the patient, I wanted you know, my patients to be treated a certain way. I had always wanted to have somebody to be able to help me. And so Aaron being like one of my longest, oldest, dearest friends, I actually, before I decided to pull the trigger, I had, I met with her and asked her if she'd come along. So. Oh, nice. You roped her in. You roped her in. That's how I I feel like I did (laughs) to Sarah. And it's so much more fun doing business with uh, with having somebody else, yeah, you yeah, know, what yeah, I, for I, sure. I feel like somebody to bounce ideas off of and to work hand in hand in hand with. So yeah, for sure. So before we jump into like, I want to know your breast cancer journey and and because you mentioned that that was the catalyst for you going into practice for yourself. But before we do that, you guys want to do boobs in the news? Let's do it. Boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the news is brought to you by Pink Perfect, Pink Perfect.com. Pink Perfect provides silicone prosthetic nipples for women who have undergone mastectomy and breast reconstruction with nipple removal. Visit pink-perfect.com and use promo code FACETHROUGHFIRE to receive $25 off your purchase. Bibs in the news! Bibs in the news! Bibs in the news! All right, you guys ready for this? Let's hear it. All right. Okay, so you know recently in the news, it's all been about personal space travel, right? Uh Uh-huh. So we have all these different mega millionaires, billionaires, billionaires, right. That are trying to get regular people to space. Mm -hmm. And I think it started with who, who was it that sent Shatner Virgin Galactic? I I mean, I think it was SpaceX. No, 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 no space. I thought SpaceX was, Oh, uh, uh, Musk's Musk's. Yeah. Which, which is just happening right now. But before that, I thought it was the Amazon guy. Bezos. Bezos. Bezos Bezos was the one that shot Shatner up there. (laughs) He shot Shatner. He shot Shatner. That sounds funny. (laughs) So I watched that one, but I don't know if you guys are following all this about people going into space. And I I would be curious to know if you guys would have any interest in that if given the opportunity. But I, so SpaceX, the SpaceX crew is like either was supposed to go this last weekend or it's coming up. But I thought this headline was so funny because it says, Broken toilet means SpaceX crew is stuck using diapers. <laughs> so that is a bummer. So we're we're investing billions of dollars to get these people into space, oh. and they have to wear diapers. They have to Sorry. wear diapers on the way down because the toilet. We broke. know that you got an expensive ticket, but here's your depends. So it says it says this is out of Cape Canaveral in Florida. It says the astronauts who will depart the International Space Station as early as this weekend will be stuck using diapers on the way home because their capsules of their capsules broken toilet. Oh my god. And what crap oh <laughs> what cracks me. I said crap. <laughs> yeah, I caught that. <laughs> That's hilarious. what cracks me up is that the they quote the NASA astronaut Megan MacArthur and they say that she said she described the situation Friday as quote suboptimal but manageable. <laughs> 
And I just, I love the attitude, right? Like some. That's op- a resilient attitude, right there. Optimal, right? I guess she's more concerned about coming back alive than she is about for wearing sure. a diaper. Probably. For sure. I, I got to tell you though, if that were me, I, I don't want to wear a diaper. I feel like it yeah, takes away up from. Up until this point, the, the flights have been like up and back and, and yeah. you go up and back in like 20 minutes. So, I mean, how, what are the odds of you actually needing a toilet in 20 minutes? Just go before you go. I don't know. <laughs> what if it's involuntary? Oh, I don't know. Like, well, if, wait, if, if, I like guess if it was crossing the barrier between here and space, uh, yeah. like, it's like, oh, I got to go pee. But I guess if it was involuntary, <laughs> they wouldn't need a toilet. They would have to have the diapers. That's true. Oh, yeah, I don't I know. know. Yeah. I feel like it takes a little bit of the mystique away from the whole experience now that I know this. Yeah, it does. Like, if I watch this, I'm going to be thinking the entire time, you They're are wearing an adult diaper right now. <laughs> I don't know. So funny. So there, I don't know who the boob is in this scenario, but I feel like if you're going to launch people in the space, the toilet should work. Maybe, maybe. All yeah. right, there's no, your there's your boob. There's your boob in the, the boobs in the, in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. All right, so we are back. So Stacy, you are a survivor. So tell us about your diagnosis. Like when were you and, diagnosed? Yeah. How long? How how many years in survivorship are you? So a little over two years. So I don't have any, you know, personal risk factors. I like had three children. I nursed them all, no family history, nothing. Started getting mammograms regularly, probably from the time that I was like 35, not because of family history, because I drink a lot of coffee and I would get these like tender lumps. So Mm. once I figured out that it was actually okay and just kind of, you know, something to keep an eye on, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep drinking my coffee and know that this is okay and get my yearly mammograms. And I actually went to get my annual mammogram in 2018. And, you know, it was found super, super early. Actually, one of my good friends is a radiologist, and she just happened to be the one reading my mammogram that Mm. day, my, my screening mammogram. And then she called me back, said that, you know, they wanted to do a diagnostic mammogram, get it enhanced, and then had that done. And then, you know, you guys kind of know the rest, you kind of kind of go into an ultrasound and a biopsy. And, and so it was pretty much early, early 2019. When I got diagnosed, I think it was like literally January 10th, I think I actually got the official diagnosis. So I'm curious, because we are I feel like this is something that we talk about a lot on the podcast, but how do you feel like you going through your own diagnosis and your own journey has changed how you maybe relate to patients? So it completely changed me, right? Because I, you know, was at the mercy of other people and I, and it made me realize the one thing it actually really made me realize was that it's, (laughs) it's not just doctors. I mean, it is, I mean, you're kind of in your own world and you do your own thing, you do your own job, but when I was going through getting chemo, even when I was getting like the port put in or any of the surgeries, I mean, the interaction that I had with the doctors was maybe 20%, 25%. It's everybody else who's like a team. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of not only made me appreciate it, what it felt like to be a patient, but it made me realize that, you know, in the past, you know, we were kind of like focused on ourselves. And I, and I think I kind of had that, like, I don't know if you guys remember that William Hurt, the doctor move me. Erin <laughs> probably does. She's old enough, but it was about a neurosurgeon, I think a neurosurgeon who actually became a, he was kind of a dick. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah, sure, <laughs> he sure. was kind of a jerk, <laughs> you know, when he was the doctor and then he got diagnosed with a serious illness and then he had to be the patient. It kind of mm-hmm. like was a wake up call. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like that for me. I feel like I've always taken pretty good care of my patients, but I don't feel like I took good care of my staff who helped Mm. me take care of my patients. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the things that I I think that my 
my former partner, one of the things when I came back, I was like, I want to, you know, I think going through this journey, it's, you know, you can't treat a patient unless the whole team is happy and the whole team's working together very well. Right. And that was one area that I think, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on basically. And, and so, you know, in trying to kind of make a better experience for my patients, I just, we guys, had to kind of, yeah, you decide, guys separated. Yeah. You had different yeah. interests. I, th- I think that, I mean, is it fair to say that when you kind of take a more holistic view of patient care, it usually comes at a cost mm-hmm. to the practice, to, you know, from like a practical or a financial standpoint, it's just, it, it's harder, right? Or is that just yeah. My, yeah. my perception? It just seems like when you want to give patients that attention and that holistic approach that, you know, it, that's really hard for a lot of physicians in a like a hospital setting to do because of the requirements. I think the system just has it set up where it just doesn't like it doesn't make yeah. it easy for that to happen because, you know, your insurance is billed at a certain rate and you only get paid for a certain amount of time. And like, you know, it just is. Yeah. The system is just not set up for holistic, like taking care of like maybe the emotional needs of people or or the or, staff. Like or she's just saying, being, yeah, just you know, being you there. have to have a team that, <clears throat> yeah. you know, your team's got to be in the right mind frame to be able yeah. to give good patient care too. For sure. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I, I um, you know, that was one of the things that's like, OK, but I was actually feeling very blessed going through the cancer journey, because I mean, like I had the luxury of being able to take seven months off, you know, and just take care of me. I mean, my husband worked, so I didn't have to, I had a partner who helped take care of my patients. I didn't lose my practice. If I was in solo practice, I don't think I would have had that ability. Um, Erin and her husband would come and like drop off. This was before she was, we were working together, but just as friends, they would just like come by and drop off food. You know, not even even I was needing, they'd feed my family. Yeah. And that's what makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm so blessed. I don't have to work. I even was able to use my disability policy that I'd been investing in since I was a (laughs) resident. And so it made me realize like, I don't need money. You know, I want to be healthy and I want to, you know, make a good experience for anybody going through treatment for anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I came back, that was kind of like this practice that I have is kind of like my vision of like, let's kind of, you know, how do you take care of people? Like when I was going through chemo, I was like, I loved Cheez-Its and I love, you know, that was like the one thing. In the <laughs> do you, do you offer like, your oh, patients Cheez-Its? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Have a I complimentary have pack of Cheez-Its. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So that was oh. one of the things I was like, okay, I want to like pamper my patients. I want to uh. have them be taken care of. I want to have the help that I need so I can take better care of them. Well, you do have, you have a lovely office. It is just very welcoming and your staff is the nicest staff I think I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. So I think mission accomplished. I think that you guys, I think you guys are doing it. And that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about next. Like, so every year in October, you offer services and products at a discount to breast cancer patients. And and I'm, I'm, I'm making the assumption that that's because you're a survivor and you want to support other survivors. So what services are most popular do you find? So, I mean, just in terms of breast cancer, you know, the the whole range, like, you know, even just doing something while you're going through it, you know, just doing something to kind of brighten your skin. So we do like microdermabrasion, you know, light chemical peels all the way up to, you know, like what Beth's had done with the vaginal rejuvenation. 
Yeah, we you do guys have that. Perm- you have that diamond glow, which is really popular with women. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. my gosh, I hear so many women talk about that. What's a diamond yes. glow? Oh, can you can you guys tell Sarah what a diamond glow is? Erin can chip in for that part. Yeah. She does it. So so yeah, it's a, it's like a microdermabrasion, and it exfoliates, infuses, and extracts impurities from your skin, and it's just kind of like a really nice soothing facial that sounds right up my alley Uh uh-huh i mean i I go in and i'm like you know like i want to undo all of the skin damage that i've done (laughs) over the last 41 years and i mean they can do a lot yeah they can't yes i gotta do my part right so it's all about the sunscreen and stuff but they can do a lot and they have some really nice procedures and that coupled with just the staff makes it a very pleasant experience yeah so Okay, so let, 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 let's talk about the vaginal rejuvenation, because we know the people listening right now are like, I want to know about that. All right, Beth, <laughs> right? lay it on the line. Well, I'm only going to talk a little bit today. I, I thought it was a very beneficial procedure, and I'm going to go into like the nitty gritty on our exclusive podcast, because mm-hmm. I know women want the down and dirty deets, and we're going to keep this clean. But <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really neat procedure, and I'm excited to talk about it. Erin, you're the one that does this procedure within Dr. Toll's office, right? Can you kind of explain how it works? Because the reason that women are having this done is to alleviate painful sex, which is a a result of being on the hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. Some women have dry sex after chemo even. And you don't have to be a breast cancer survivor to have this be an issue. Like if you're in menopause, like it just... It's a byproduct of menopause. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, this procedure is being done not only just by survivors, but any women that are experiencing painful sex and menopause. So, Erin, what is involved with this? So, in... in you know, very basic terms. It's, it's a laser that basically resurfaces or causes damage to the vaginal walls. And then they kind of say, Oh, I got to repair myself, you know, and the, you know, collagen starts remodeling, you get more, a a tighter vaginal wall and it increases moisture in the vaginal wall as well. So this is this is something that people use for painful intercourse. But I thought when we were talking about this procedure, is this something that's used for urinary incontinence too? Does it help with that, it or is. did I make that up? No, it does. It helps with that. I'm just as thinking well. about all those moms who've had vaginal births, like maybe, yeah. right? Like you know, <laughs> yeah. that could be that could be yeah. that could be a double whammy, right? You get breast cancer, you're dealing with painful sex, and you have urinary incontinence because of it's babies. A, it's a TikTok trend right now that you take a video of yourself sneezing and how you have to cross your legs. Oh. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. That's wow. a, so they need that. That's hysterical. Okay, so it works. It helps with that. It because does. because it actually, you're you're kind of abutting a against the pelvic floor when you're doing the resurfacing. So it's, you know, like resurfacing any type of skin, you're kind of turning back the clock. So you're kind of making the tissue thicker. You're regenerating the, you know, all of the structures within it, like the glands, you know, and just the collagen, the fibers. So everything kind of gets turned, you know, tightened up, including the pelvic floor, which helps with, you know, like the kind of stress urinary incontinence that people get. Gotcha. Well, see, and I, what I feel like is probably the something that I've heard about from a lot of women and I experience myself is everything just feels really thin down there and not very like plump, like a pillow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this helps with that. I may or may not have told this story yet on another podcast, but let's just go there. I went in for my, <laughs> you know, my annual or whatever gyno, gyno yeah. you know, appointment. Your pap. Right. My yeah. pap. And it was a new doctor that I hadn't used before. My my other one had retired or something. But 
I told her I was a breast cancer patient because I wanted to prep her. I was like, you know, I'm a breast cancer patient. I'm on hormone therapy. I'm like, it's probably going to look pretty dry down there, you know. And uh, she, and she got in there and be she's, aware of the Sahara. Right, right. She got she because I just told her I was like, you know, I might jump a little bit because when they you mm-hmm. know use all yeah. the fun tools and stuff, it's it's you know yeah. it's just more sensitive. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, she was like, oh yeah, she's like your cervix definitely looks like that of an older woman, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like I mean that's like hearing you're tired. Right. You look tired. you look tired. I'm like my vagina's tired. Like I want my vagina to look youthful, and you're telling me my vagina looks old. Oh, I'm no. like I don't want to hear that. But anyway, I I was very disheartened to hear that my vagina was aging at that at that rate, and that was what started me thinking about well, what can I do to kind of turn back the the time right on this, yeah. and that's what I started doing was researching the vaginal rejuvenation, which led me to Dr. Toll's office, and I'm just going to share a little bit of my experience because one, like I said, they have a very welcoming office. I was anxious about putting a laser in my vagina. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Like the whole concept of that seemed really kind of scary. I was like, what What could possibly go wrong? But I was so surprised at how easy it was. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't, it wasn't painful. It feels like the pressure that you feel when you get like a pap smear. Oh, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't intent. Like I was really wondering what this was going to be like, but it was very chill. chill. It wasn't anything that was beyond you know my deal now you guys offered me some gas which was pretty fun so what is that for people to take the edge off and just to just kind of help them relax yeah for any procedure that people you know might feel a little anxious for or just you know just kind of on edge it's basically it's it's night it's called pronox and it's 50 percent nitrous oxide 50 percent oxygen and it's self-metered so you basically mm-hmm. you know suck it in through a hookah pipe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, not like, it's not like the nitrous that you get at a dentist's office, which is 70% nitrous and it's pumped through your nose and they basically give it to you. Yeah. So people get, you know, feel a little bit more dysphoric, a lot, uh, you know, just weirder with this one. It's much nicer because you can take as, as much or as little as you want and it wears off very fast. You can drive yourself home after yeah. like five How, minutes. It only lasts like while you're, I mean, you suck on it and yeah. then it's, it's like you feel right there. more relaxed, yeah. Yeah. which is nice. Yeah. And Because I, I will say this about the procedure, that it's very comfortable. It's totally fine. But when they start taking, because it's a long wand, like mm-hmm. it's a long wand that goes yeah. there mm-hmm. and then they turn the, the wand mm-hmm. as they do the lasering. And then as they're turning it, Aaron kind of pulls it out slowly. And mm-hmm. so when you get close to the opening, mm-hmm. that's more sensitive. Mm-hmm. So that's when you yeah, can feel yeah. a little bit of heat. You can feel a little bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I was like, oh, I'll take a little gas, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take a hit of that. And and then it really does. It relaxes you. How, how long does it take? Not long. Gosh, Aaron, how long does it take? It felt really fast to me. You know, the, the hardest part is really for most patients is getting the laser in and you know, but you didn't have any issues, which was great. So I think it was like 10 minutes, not oh, even. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're really tense, you know how it is, guys. Like if you're mm-hmm. tense, you're yeah. nothing, nothing's getting in there. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> and it's, and it's multiple sessions, right? It is. Yeah. yeah there's three, three, right? We did three. three so there's three yeah. sessions a month apart. And I will say like you walk out of there and I felt totally fine. I, I did have like the tiniest little like smear of blood in my underwear, like tiny, mm-hmm. like barely anything, but it wasn't uncomfortable. I didn't have any long-term like effects or any kind of discomfort. I didn't need even like ibuprofen or anything. Mm-hmm. Now here's the fun part and we'll talk about it more on the exclusive, but I was really <laughs> curious. Like I was telling my husband, I'm like, let's get in the sheets. I want to see how fast this works. <laughs> and I mean, obviously by the third session, you see the most benefit, mm-hmm. but 
what surprised me is not only could I tell a difference, but my husband could tell a difference. Because mm-hmm. I guess I had had it in my head that only I was the mm-hmm. one that was feeling the discomfort of the dryness. Mm-hmm. But it had been impacting him, too. And like a good a good husband, he knew yeah. better than to say something because yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, but he was like, oh, well, I can tell a difference, you know. So we both could tell a difference yeah. in in having the procedure. Now, nice. I will say this. You got to use it or you'll lose it. Right. Yep. So you got to use it or you lose it. But it really does make sex much more enjoyable. So I for me, I thought it was really beneficial. Nice. So you guys offer this to patients who are coming in to see you. Can you guys should we go to our second sponsor before we wrap up and tell them where they can be found? Let's do that. All right. Let's do our second sponsor. Innsbruck Resort is a proud sponsor of the Faith Through Fire Respite House and the Besties with Breasties podcast. We know you work hard, but at Innsbruck, we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life. Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit Innsbruck.com dash resort.com and we are back so we are going to wrap up with stacy today stacy can you tell us where people can find you if they're interested in your services and all the services that you offer so we are in cottleville basically right across from the community college we have a website www.sccdermsurgery.com where you can see all of the things that we do and it's got directions and everything like that So, you know, in terms of breast cancer patients, we touched on a little bit before, but, you know, the things that anyone could do, and and I've done most of these myself, actually, I've done most things that I offer because I need it and I believe in (laughs) it. But so the microdermabrasion, we do laser treatments, just like with the rejuvenate, you know, it's a CO2 laser. There's multiple different devices out there that kind of target the vaginal cavity, just like other lasers, the CO2 laser is absolutely the strongest and the best at it. And it's nice because it kind of perforates the the skin with the laser and you really don't feel it like Beth was saying, because you don't have a lot of sensory glands in there and it heals really, really fast, just like the mucosal lining of your mouth. If you bite your cheek, it heals really fast. So you know, that is really good. But we also, you know, I've lasered scars. So like mastectomy I was, scars. I was just, I was just gonna say, know? um, I had a woman I referred to you the other day because she hates her port scar. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. doc- I'm like, Dr. Toll could fix that right up. Yeah. I'm like I've done my own. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, for um one of the things that I love in my practice is that I actually I don't know about you guys, but when I grew my hair back after losing it after all that chemo, it was not my hair. It is like, it grows really slow. It's fine. And I was just noticing that, you know, it really wasn't growing fast at all. It was taking forever. And some people are different, but we do PRP, which is where you take some tubes of blood from your own, you know, body, Mm -hmm. spin it down and you collect all the good stuff and you inject it back into your scalp. And it actually is like miracle grow for your hair. So we do that a lot. That's one that we also have people do Pronox on. Erin can can attest to the fact that I like Pronox because (laughs) a lot of procedures she's done on me, I'm like, where's the Pronox? (laughs) Give me the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And we do, you know, my, one of my staff members and I took training together to do, learn to do permanent makeup. So, you know, that was one thing when I wasn't going through chemo, I actually, when I was at a phase where 
my white count was high enough and my doctor was like, yeah, you can do that. I actually had some microblading done because I cannot draw on eyebrows to save my life. Yeah. Like it took me <laughs> yeah. forever to learn how to put on eyelashes. So I wasn't going to mess with the eyebrows. So I actually got microblading done and I thought, well, you know, this is kind of nice, but it was a little uncomfortable. So I was like, oh, if I did it in my office, it would be so comfortable, Yes, you know, it'd be yeah. controlled. So we do permanent makeup. We even took training to learn to do nipple reconstruction. Mm -hmm. So nipple tattooing, and then just every other thing, you know, like, like the rest of us, as we age, we just start to sag. So that's one of the areas that I think is really fun. Yeah, to I, do. I heard this morning, you guys are doing a Botox party, which I'm actually, we are. I, I haven't, I haven't yeah. done Botox. And I'm, I want to venture into that area. Do you have, Botox a, I have 11s. I've, I've got the 11s yeah. that need some attention. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. As you age, Botox is just one of those lovely things that yeah. can make everything look smooth. Yes. It's a vitamin like everything else. It's vitamin B. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. One more time, give them your web um, your web address. Doesn't that make me sound old? Why am I? Why does that sound weird? <laughs> From the World Wide Web. From the World Wide Web. Can you please provide <laughs> yeah. your address? Yes. One more time. What's your What's your address? It's sccdermdermsurgery.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Stacy, so much for being for on. Thank you for being here. And next time we are going to continue our conversation with another quality of life topic. Until then. Until then. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. 